Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. I have to start off today by saying I have absolutely no interest in award shows like the Academy Awards. <laughs> I just see no redeeming value in awards given to people that can't relate to normal people, given by people who can't relate to normal people. <laughs> it's just, it is just such a fake, I don't know, a fake popularity contest that is so hard to watch. These these out-of-touch people pat themselves on the backs and and that's the whole show. It's just, just not my thing, but I know a lot of people like them and, and I respect that. But with that said, Wanda Sykes, Regina Hall, and Amy Schumer, the three female hosts of the 94th Academy Awards, told audiences what to expect from the night. <laughs> I didn't watch it, but this is I, I've, I've now seen video of this, and it says Sykes promised Florida audiences that the Oscars will be a gay night. Quote, we're going to have a great night tonight. And for you people in Florida, we're going to have a gay night, Sykes said. And with her co-hosts chiming in, they started chanting gay, 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 <laughs> like this. <laughs> it's it's kind of cringeworthy, but... <laughs> But this was in reference to the new anti-grooming law in Florida that some have dubbed the don't say gay law. So you understand why they're chanting gay now, right? Uh, The Daily Wire uh, had a a piece come out by Mary Margaret uh, Ohan, and and she said, gay Florida kindergarten teacher worries uh, on, on MSNBC he won't be able to share his love life with kids anymore. (laughs) A Florida teacher shared anxieties with MSNBC Tuesday that he won't be able to talk about his love life with kindergarten students anymore due to the HB 1557 bill. Kindergarten uh, teacher Corey Bernard reacted Tuesday to news that Republican Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has signed legislation banning classroom discussions of sexual orientation and gender identity for kindergarten through third grade. And we're talking here about ages five through nine. And and really, and there's actually some four, four-year-olds that get involved with kindergarten as well. It just kind of depends on where your birthday hits. But, quote, it hits hard in my heart, professionally, and personally, he said. Professionally, it truly makes me feel like I'm not trusted as a professional, is what he says. So, let's review. (laughs) So, because he feels bad, we have to let pedophiles groom young children, is what he's saying. And, and, And why does he feel bad? Because there are common sense barriers to doing the the wrong thing. We we put up certain um, barriers in order to make sure that the right thing is done. So under his logic, we need to eliminate speed signs as we drive down the road, as, as they make people feel like we don't trust them to drive 
at a safe speed, right? We don't want to make people feel bad, right? Now, I'm sure that he was all in favor of the mask and the vaccination mandates, even though it made people feel untrusted to do the right thing for themselves. Quote, I don't know my, or I know my kindergarten standards through and through, and nowhere in our curriculum does it have anything about teaching sexual orientation or sexual identity, unquote. This is what he says. Oh, so, so then there is no problem with the law then, right? Then this law is, you know what? It's, it's never going to be used because there's nothing in the curriculum or anything that they teach about sexual orientation or sexual identity. He knows this curriculum. And, and none of it violates the law. So why is he on MSNBC complaining about the law? He should be celebrating that there are common sense laws that are now in place to protect those that he, he teach, that he teaches. He goes on and he says, we should be able to have discussions. And that's what we're encouraged to do in kindergarten, he said. No, wait, now, wait, wait, wait. Now, wait a minute. That's a contradiction. I thought he said that they that they don't talk about sexual orientation or sexual identity to his four and five-year-olds. Why? Why should he be able to have sexual conversations with kindergartners? He shouldn't. But he wants to. He says, hey, we don't do it. And then he says, but I should be able to. He goes on and he says, my kids do have questions. They want to know who my partner is in pictures outside my classroom, and I should be able to speak to them. You can still do that, but you have to do that in an age-appropriate way. And guess what? That is what the new law says you have to do. You have to do it in age appropriate way. He goes on, he says, do not, or or do you worry that you won't even be able to to, to talk about your own personal home life? This is a, a question from the MSNBC host, noting that she knows all about her children's teachers, uh, and, and their, their home lives, which to me is a little bit concerning and, and scary, but anyway, that's a whole nother podcast. He says, absolutely. You are 100% correct. That's what we do as educators. We build relationships with our kids. And in order to build relationships, you talk about your home life and you talk about what you do on the weekends. Yeah, you know what? That's the first stage of grooming. That's what that is. Now, I'm not saying you can't talk about personal type things, but when but when you 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 go so far as to have your kids know and these are kindergartners, right? These are four, four and five-year-olds. When, when they know all about your personal life and their parents know all about your personal life, that's the beginning of grooming. Why do four and five-year-olds need to know all about their teacher's home life to learn how to read, write, and do math? Do I need to, to know what my teacher's sexual orientation is to learn how to hold my pencil correctly? Do I need to know everything about my teacher's personal sex life to learn how to sit still and not put gum in the hair of the girl in front of me? He goes on, he says, it scares me that 
I am not going to be able to have these conversations with my children. But because they're going to ask me what I did on the weekend, I don't have to hide that my partner and I went paddleboarding this weekend. Okay, here's here's a suggestion for Corey. This advice is is simply free of charge. I, I, I don't I don't charge for this advice here. I know it may be a little bit radical, just a little, but trust me, it's legal and moral. When a five-year-old comes up to you and asks you what you did last weekend, you say, I went paddleboarding last weekend. It's that simple. You don't have to talk about what kind of sexual position you did with that person when you got home. That's out of bounds. And that's what the law says. The children will ask him, what, what does partner mean, Mr. Bernard? The teacher said, questioning, can I tell them what it means? This is what he's asking the host here. I'm feeling particularly generous today. <laughs> here is another piece of advice, free of charge. If asked what the word partner means, you can tell them that it is someone who you live with. They are five years old. Learn how to be age-appropriate in your conversations. That's what good teachers do. He also worried about a potential situation in which children will ask him about one of his kindergarten students who he said has two moms. If they go to her and ask her about her two moms and she doesn't know what to say, they're going to come to me and ask me, he said. Okay, one more bonus piece of advice, (laughs) but no more, okay? This is your last one for free. If they come to you and ask about someone having two mommies, you tell them to ask their parents. You know the people with the responsibility of raising these little guys. It's up to them to discuss why some people have two mommies. It's not yours. Now, Florida's HB 1447 states that classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties or on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through grade three or in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards. The bill has been widely misrepresented as the don't say gay legislation, even though the word gay is not anywhere in the new law. The word parent is mentioned 32 times, and the word parental is mentioned eight times. And the legislation heavily focuses on parental notification and parental awareness of what children are being taught or exposed to in school. So how did all of this start in the first place? Well, from the Politico, it says Florida's fight over The contentious LGBTQ legislation, dubbed the Don't Say Gay Bill by opponents, had its genesis nearly two years ago, not in the halls of the state legislature, but in a September conversation between a Tallahassee mother and her 13-year-old teen. The teen, according, according to a federal lawsuit, said, 
they might be non-binary and wanted to change their name ahead of the upcoming school year to fit that to, to, to the one that fit a gender different from the one that they were assigned at birth. The mother, January, little John, and her husband said no, but allowed the 13-year-old to use a nickname a middle school while uh, while at middle school uh, and while the parents continue to use the teen's birth name at home little john also emailed the teen's math teacher to stress her opposition to the child changing their name but on that Saturday, uh, september day in 2020 after little john picked her teen up from school she was struck by an offhand comment the 13-year-old made the teen said it was funny when school staffers asked what gender bathroom or restroom they preferred to use in response to their new name. This conversation proved to be the tipping point for the Little Johns, who sued Leon County School in 2021, claiming that school officials helped their child trans- transition to a different gender without informing them. The lawsuit was filed by the Child and Parental Rights Campaign, a public interest law firm that was founded in, 19, in 2019. And in its words, to respond to a radical new ideology t- overtaking families, unquote. The lawsuit and the issues it touched on uh, galvanized Republican lawmakers to introduce and eventually pass one of the most contentious pieces of legislation to come from Florida, according to the interviews with dozens of state lawmakers, advocates, parents, school officials, and others involved in crafting the measure. Lawyers with the Child and Parental Rights Campaign say that they helped Florida Republicans shape the legislation, a connection that has received a little attention, Politico says. I, I didn't see it coming, which is why I try to warn parents, January Littlejohn said in an interview uh, titled Parental Rights in Education. The legislation sparked uproar among supporters of the LGBTQ community, officials from both parties and some of the largest corporations in America, including Walt Disney Company, um, uh, opponents, including President Joe Biden, um, maintain it would further marginalize some students and lead to bullying and even suicide. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis came to be a loud and vocal defender of the measure, which was routinely mocked by late-night comedians and was even highlighted during this year's Academy Awards ceremony on Sunday, which is what we started out with. Uh, This is another stain on Florida's history, said Senator Sheaves Jones, a a Democrat from uh, the Miami area who is the state's first openly gay senator. Classrooms should be places of inclusion where every Florida child can learn safely and ask questions, but not in Ron DeSantis's Florida. DeSantis held a bill signing ceremony in a uh, Pasco County charter school on Monday where he lauded Little John for standing up to the school district. Quote, when you listen to January tell her story about what they did with her child without her knowledge or consent, I don't think there's many parents in the state of Florida that think that that's okay. DeSantis said before signing the measure into law that I can tell you I don't think 
that's okay. The, the most contentious element of the Parental Rights in Education Bill uh, uh, prohibits teachers from leading classroom uh, lessons on gender, identity, or sexual orientation for students in kindergarten through third grade. It also bans such lessons for older students unless they are age-appropriate or developmentally appropriate. The legislation um, additionally requires schools to notify parents if there is a change in services for a student or any additional monitoring for their mental, emotional, or physical health or well-being. It builds on the state's parental bills, Bill of Rights, which is meant to spur parental involvement in education and has been used by DeSantis as a means to thwart local mass mandates for students. The push for the bill began with the behind-the-scenes discussion among Florida House Republicans as they learned last year about a series of LGBTQ students' support guides used in some school districts, according to interviews with five lawmakers. The Little John lawsuit, for one, takes aim at a guide used by school officials in Leon County. The guides are meant to serve as a resource for schools and families to help support LGBTQ students and offer guidance to teachers for how to handle issues on campus. But the Little Johns and the Republican lawmakers contend that the plans can go too far to keep parents in the dark about their children. Yeah, of course they do, right? The Leon guide that the Little Johns objected to in one example specifies that school employees should not out a student to their parents. They should not out a student to their parents if they believe the student may be LGBTQ, warning that it, quote, can literally make them homeless, unquote meaning their parents will kick them out of the house. Another support guide, <laughs> support guide, I love the name, that, that, that uh, caught the attention of lawmakers in uh, Martin County says that, quote, it is never appropriate to divulge the sexual orientation of a student to a parent. Uh, yeah, I'll repeat that. It is never appropriate to divulge the sexual orientation of a student to a parent. Barring the very limited exemp- uh, exception involving the uh, imminent fear of physical harm, unquote, which could include physical abuse, of course. The Martin Guide is under review due to the new legislation, according to school officials. Well, I should hope so. State Rep. Chris uh, Letvala, uh, a, a St. Peter- Petersburg Republican and chair of the main education committee in the House. Uh, there, saw the guide put out by Martin County at the end of last year's legislation session and asked legislative staff about it. Can you look to see if this really is going on in our schools, he said. And around the same time, he said that he also became aware of the lawsuit against Leon County, which increased interest in approving a bill that would guarantee that information be shared with parents. Letava uh, turned to Republican Joe Harding, a first-time Republican from the small north-central Florida town of Williston, to help carry the bill forward. Quote, it wasn't something that he had to be sold on, 
he said about Harding, a father of four young children, including two that are still in school. Both Harding and Latvava uh, maintain the the push for the legislation did not come from outside groups, including the Child and, uh, and Parental Rights Campaign. Bernadette uh, Broyles is president and general counsel of the Child uh, and Parental Rights Campaign, however, uh, and said that the group uh, gave suggestions to lawmakers for ways to tighten the language, especially with regards to aspects touching on parental rights. Florida GOP lawmaker frequently cited the Little John's lawsuit as their as they debated the bill during the recent legislation session. In January, Little John denounced schools withholding information from parents. And testified also testified during the hearings. She said, "Quote." It should be obvious to anyone that schools are not competent, qualified, or authorized to make this kind of decision. And Boyle uh, said in, in an interview, the parents have to be notified. Now, opponents to Florida's legislation say it is one of the dozens of anti-LGBTQ proposals gaining traction in state house, houses across the U.S., ranging from bills focused on bathroom use to rules banning gender athletes from playing school sports. And it's kind of sad, don't you think, that it, these are kind of laws are needed, that these people that are supposed to know everything about how to teach young children have to be told that this is not the right thing to do? The Human Rights Campaign, for one, says it's tracking at least 583 LGBTQ bills introduced in 33 states this year. Among those, the LGBTQ advocacy group describes 313 proposals as harmful, <laughs> harmful, and 137 as anti-trans. Of course, it's anti-trans, right? While the Florida bill has been coined, don't say gay, Catherine Oakley, the Human Rights Campaign State Legislative Director and Senate Senior Legislative Counsel, says the measure is very much about trans youth. This legislation and similar proposals fuel a false sense, according to Oakley, that students will stray from the LGBTQ identities if they never learn the proper words to express themselves or see role models in books and elsewhere. Quote, this is about trying to erase the entirety of the LGBT community. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what it's about. Uh, in, in the Little John case, which is currently awaiting a, uh, a jury trial in next year, the parents say their child's comment about which bathroom to use led them to dig deeper about what was happening at the school. Eventually, they uh, learned that school officials had been meeting with the teen about their gender identity, asking questions like whether the 13-year-old, yes, I said 13-year-old, was more comfortable rooming with boys or girls on overnight trips. All the while, the Little Johns say the school kept them in the dark. The Little Johns claim in their lawsuit that the school teacher in Leung County are, are unjustly assuming all parents will disapprove of their children's gender identity. It paints all parents as dangerous to their children, Little John said. Not only is it a lie, it's a wedge. It's pushing a narrative to separate children from their families. And isn't that really what's happening here? It's a wedge to separate the children from their parents. 
So this, this is not really a don't say gay bill. It's an anti-grooming bill. Let, let's, let's take a look at what the bill really says, because there, there are those that don't believe that this is an anti-grooming bill. It's just a don't say gay bill. You, you just don't like gays. So let's take a look at what, the, what it really says. And, and, and uh, Dana Goldstein of the New York Times uh, wrote an article on exactly what it says. So let's, let's take a look at that. Um, here, here is a line-by-line reading of the bill's most, um, most consequential language. First of all, instruction on gender and sexuality would be constrained in all grades. Okay, so lines 97 through 101, if you're playing along at home, says this. It says, classroom instruction by school personnel and third parties on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through third grade or in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards. That's what it says. So all grades are uh, affected by the provision requiring gender and sexuality to be discussed in ways that are age appropriate or development appropriate. So if, if you uh, are have a learning disability and that type of stuff, and, and you're you know emotionally a, a, a different age than you are physically, then you have it has to be um, appropriate for where you are mentally. Schools would be required to notify parents when ch- when children receive mental, emotional, or physical health services unless educators believe there is a risk of abuse, abandonment, or neglect. Here's line 67 through 78. In accordance with the rights of parents adopt measures for notifying a student's uh, parent if there is a change in the student's services or monitoring related to the student's mental, emotional, or physical health or well-being and the school's ability to provide a safe and supportive learning environment for the student. The procedures must reinforce the fundamental right of parents to make the decisions regarding the upbringing and control of their children by requiring school district personnel to encourage a student to discuss issues relating to his or her well-being with his or her parent or to facilitate discussion of the issue with the parent. So again, everything is going back to the parent and putting the parent involved of of uh, the uh, of these discussions. Parents would have the right to adopt the their their child out um, or opt out of uh, counseling and health services um, at the be- at the beginning of the school year. Each school district shall notify parents of each healthcare service offered at their student's school and the option to withhold consent or decline any specific service before administering a student well-being questionnaire or health screening form to a student in kindergarten through third grade, the school district must provide the questionnaire or health screening form to the parent and obtain their their permission of the parent. Um, again, just seems like common sense stuff. Keep the parents involved. Parents could sue school for violating the new law, and districts would have to cover the costs. Lines 129 through 130 and 146 through 155. Again, if you're playing at home, if a concern is not resolved by the school district, a parent may bring an action against the school district to obtain a 
um, declaratory judgment that the school district procedure or practice violates this paragraph and seek injunctive relief. A court may award damages and shall award reasonable attorney fees and court costs to the parent who receives uh, declaratory or injunctive relief. This is the enforcement mechanism that would give parents a way to, to hold the schools accountable. So why is this so necessary? For for reasons like this one from the Daily Mail is the answer to this. A Connecticut school nurse has been suspended over a Facebook post re- revealing that an 11-year-old at school where she worked was on puberty blockers. Kathleen Catford, uh, who worked at the um, Richard J. Kinsala Magnet School in Hartford, was axed from her role uh, Monday over the post, which was um, branded transphobic. Of course it was. Writing on a local mom's group, in response to a request for local school recommendations, the 77-year-old said, quote, investigate the school system curriculum. Connecticut is a very socially liberal, gender-confused state, the Post read. It continued. It says, as a public school nurse, I have an 11-year-old female student on puberty blockers and a dozen identifying as non-binary, all but two keeping this as a secret from their parents with the help of teachers, social workers, and school administration. The teachers and the social workers are spending 37 and a half hours a week influencing our children, not necessarily teaching our children. What do you think is being taught? And for this... The 77-year-old nurse was fired on Monday. So this is why we need legislation like this. We have teachers and administrators that are indoctrinating kids. They are also counseling them and giving them meds without parental consent. They are trying to take the place of parents since they think they know better than them. And this attitude has gone on for a long time, but now we're seeing it in action. And you may agree with me, you may disagree, but I would love to hear from you on this. And of course, you can do that at UncommonSensePodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.